if one of your life goals is financial independence, then getting rental property is great to do that. But you make all your money essentially on buying the right properties. And if you're looking into getting into it, you should really buy properties that are going to be cash flow positive for you. First, a quick word from our best ever partner, PropStream. PropStream is an all-in-one platform that gives you the tools you need to reach more leads, book more meetings, and close more deals with less work. With PropStream, you can find vacant and off-market properties in seconds, nationwide or specific to any zip code. You can skip trace owner information, find cash buyers specific to an area, and find other investors to potentially partner with or fund your deals. PropStream provides you the comprehensive data and market insight you need to be at the top of your real estate game. PropStream also features state-of-the-art marketing tools that allow you to send out direct mail postcards and ringless voicemail. Even if you're not in real estate, PropStream can help you locate high net worth individuals to invest in your non-real estate business. Or if you are in real estate, then you can find them to invest in your real estate business. You can use this tool to find people who have millions of dollars in equity in their homes and you can reach out to them via email, telephone, or snail mail. This is the perfect real estate investing tool for wholesalers and real estate agents, real estate investors, and entrepreneurs. I love how easy the PropStream website is to use. With a few clicks, you can review comps in the area or estimate rehab costs prior to purchasing a property. Act now to take advantage of the plethora of properties that have and will continue to hit the market during this time. And best ever listeners, you know we got something special for you. You're going to receive a free seven-day all-access trial to experience all the features this powerful tool has, and you'll experience it firsthand. Just go to your7dayfreetrial.com. That's Y-O-U-R, the number seven, dayfreetrial.com. Get started with this. Get your seven-day free trial and start growing your business even more so than you have been. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday you're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, Best Ever listeners, and welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. My name is Theo Hicks, and today I'm speaking with Lawrence Jankalo. Lawrence, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. How are things going with you? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us. Looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Lawrence's background. He's the co-founder of Vail, an all-in-one software solution designed for do-it-yourself landlords. He's also a long-term real estate investor with a passion for three-unit multifamily properties. Current portfolio consists of two three-units and a car wash. He is based in Chicago, Illinois, and you can say hi to him at his website, which is avail.co. Avail is A-V-A-I-L. So Lawrence, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today? Absolutely. So my background, thanks for mentioning the three flats. I've been a real estate investor for a while. Portfolio shifts and changes. Before I got into that, I had started down the finance track after college, now probably like 15 or so years ago, and started with business and risk consulting. Did that for just under five years, going from company to company, just uh, taking a look at their operations and using data analytics would try to help them determine where they can improve their business. 
from there went on to Goldman Sachs and did somewhat much the same for their portfolio managers and supported their hedge funds, alternative investments and private equity groups and did that for so long that at some point I wanted to try to get out of corporate America. So I tried to do the rich dad, poor dad strategy, which was start building up some passive income through real estate. And I almost worked my way through those quadrants. I can kind of visualize it in that book now. Added the real estate. And then eventually I like thought, you know what? The recommendation is to become a business owner. So I started thinking about, do I want to take my real estate from the six units to a thousand units? Or do I want to do something different? And at that time, I saw that the way I was managing my rentals was totally ineffective. And I saw an opportunity to leverage software to make it better and found that the best path for me was to quit my job at Goldman and focus on building a business around providing landlords of my size software that they otherwise didn't have access to. So that's what I focus on now at Avail is providing the tools and process and education for smaller landlords, those with nine or fewer units to help them kind of do the day-to-day tasks of being a landlord, including listing syndication to find them tenants, screening renters by hooking into TransUnion for credit reports, background checks, letting their tenants pay their rent online, drafting and signing leases online, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of my time just evolving that software. So you mentioned that this company grew out of your own inefficiencies in management. So do you mind kind of walking us through what those inefficiencies were? And then for each of those, how you were able to use software to solve those problems? Yeah, it's actually almost embarrassing now thinking about what I used to do. The person I started Avail with, Ryan, and I used to share Excel files back and forth. And we'd make an Excel file where I'd merge cells together and paint them. And that would be our rental application. And we'd print that out, we'd hand that to tenants. And that was how we screened them. And we didn't even realize that we should be pulling a credit report or eviction checks and those kinds of things. And it all kind of evolved from that. At some point we realized, hey, this is not working. Excel doesn't make sense. When we went looking online for software that would do what we wanted. And we saw stuff like Yardi, which was really powerful. But Yardi is really designed for a landlord with 1,000 or 10,000 units, which I've got six. Ryan had two. And the starting price of Yardi is something like $10,000 a month. So that'd be more than our combined gross rents. It didn't make sense. So we felt like if we wanted to solve these problems for ourselves, that there's probably a business to be had here for others of our size. So that's what we set out to do, really targeting helping landlords who have nine or fewer units, I'd say. Perfect. So you basically had all these issues with your property. You went online to see if you could find a existing software. And there were softwares out there, but they were too much, basically like too much money or was for these larger buildings, whereas you wanted to find something for smaller. So take me from there to the start of the business. Like, did you and your business partner just sit down together and say, Hey, here's all the main pain points of smaller landlords. And then, okay, so here's the different softwares that could potentially resolve those. Okay. Let's focus on these five landlords. Like how's that process of creating this type of company work? Well, creating a company is pretty hard. And I think we didn't realize that going into it. You know, everyone tells you it's really hard. And then it's something you don't really acknowledge till you do it. But we started this in 2012. That's when we quit our jobs. We quit with nothing but an idea on a napkin. We felt that we didn't want to work on it while full-time. It wouldn't really go anywhere if we had a full-time job elsewhere. And it wouldn't be fair to our employer or ourselves to kind of let our dreams sit on the side. So we quit and we started day one. And then what we tried to do is find an engineer to help us build it. 
And you imagine we couldn't find an engineer who wanted to build our dream for free or for equity, which was worth nothing at that point. So Ryan and I decided we were going to have to build it ourselves and we had no experience in that. So we ended up having to roll up our sleeves. We taught ourselves to code. From 2012 to 2014, I essentially wrote the first 500,000 lines of code that allowed us to syndicate listings to Zillow or Trulia or hit the TransUnion API to get a credit report or those kinds of things. And we spent that first two years kind of fumbling around, I'd say, trying to figure it out. Really took that just do what it takes mentality. End of 2014, we felt like we had a pretty good product and we started getting traction, started getting customers, started hiring our first employees, really started seeing it as a business and starting to grow. And then from 2015 to 2020, really saw some growth. We've now got 600,000 landlords and tenants who use our system for kind of the everyday purposes of being a landlord. Wow. So what did you do for money during those two years while you were doing all that fumbling around, as you said? Did you have money saved up already? Yeah. Ryan and I consider ourselves to be super privileged in a way. I was at Goldman Sachs and he was at a different investment bank. So we had some savings, not like as much as you would assume you get out of investment banking, particularly because we were just coming out of the financial crisis of 2008. So we didn't really get bonuses those couple of years, but we had enough where we could each put $20,000 into starting the business. And that 20,000 was essentially for us to live on for those years. So those two years were very much wow. kind of the ramen noodles years, but we at least oh, yeah. had something to feed ourselves. But I don't look back on it as a regret. I feel like we've learned a lot. I think learning how to code was probably the one of the greatest achievements for me. It completely changed how I think about almost everything I encounter now. Do you self-teach yourself on Google or do you take courses? I taught myself. This is probably a popular programming language for anyone who does this, but it might not resonate with some of your listeners. But I taught myself Ruby on Rails. I downloaded a tutorial. And essentially that tutorial just walked me through creating my own Twitter from scratch mm. and replicating that. And what was awesome about it is you really start to realize, look, I'm getting stuck at this point. There's no one to help me and I can either give up or I can spend four weeks trying to solve something that a real engineer could probably do in two minutes. And you spend those four weeks trying to solve a two minute problem. You tend to grow by leaps and bounds, I'd say. And that's what happened for me. And I feel like that just fueled my hunger for learning more mm. and attacking harder and harder problems. Wow, that's awesome. Did your business partner write any code or was it all you? <laughs> I'd say I wrote 95% of it and Ryan did do 5%. But Ryan also had a really challenging task for him as well. So while I was writing that code, he had to convince a bank to allow us to pull money out of any accounts in the United States, essentially, to do withdrawals tenants want to pay their rent. And yeah, we have to get approvals from those tenants. It has to be super documented. So he had to work on convincing a bank and figuring out that process of what that has to look mm. like. How does it meet regulations? All those things. He had to convince TransUnion to allow us to pull credit reports and sensitive data on people. And we're not famous. We don't have a pedigree to go and earn these things just by nature. So he really had a lot of convincing he had to do. So I applaud his efforts on doing that. It sounds impressive for me to go write 500,000 lines of code, but honestly, for him to convince people and take a chance on us for those other pieces, much more impressive. So you said around the end of 2014, some of the code with the software was written and started getting customers and hiring employees and then flash forward six years and you've got 600,000 landlords. So you've got your code written. The banks allow you to pull money out of anywhere in the US. TransUnion allows you to pull credit reports. How do you find your customers? That's always been a challenge for us. Our customers are the smaller landlord nine units or fewer. So they're not listed in a phone book 
It's not like I can go find them somewhere. And oftentimes they don't identify as landlords. I didn't either. When I was at Goldman, if I went somewhere and people would ask me, what do I do? I'd usually tell them I work at Goldman Sachs or I would not even mention Goldman because at that time, and even now, there's just a lot of animosity maybe towards some of those investment banks. So I would tell them I work in finance. I would never mention I'm a landlord. So it didn't resonate with me as that's who I was as a person. So that's always been a challenge. And so what we've had to do is figure out where are landlords going, looking for help. And I think in some ways we're lucky because they go to the internet for that. And they'll go to Google and they'll search for what should I do if my tenant's rent is late? Or how do I get a credit report on a tenant? Or I'm in Chicago, so this resonates with me. How do I get a Chicago standard lease agreement? And we put out so much educational content that they'll often find us through those Google searches. We tend to think of our product having a sixth arm in a way or sixth major service, which is the educational component. And we spend as much time on our educational piece as we do on any other part of the product. So they'll typically find us by, it's commonly called inbound marketing that way. So we didn't pay for any Google ads. It was all just kind of like SEO. Like you try to figure out what these type of people would be searching for on Google and then you just wrote those articles. And then eventually over time, people started finding your blog posts. And then through your blog posts, they found your service. Yeah, our go-to-market strategies evolved a lot. So it started off with content marketing, which is geared at some of those keywords that they search for organically. And we don't have to pay for it. But it did evolve. We do pay for high converting keywords now. We can recognize which ones are likely to be profitable for us. And we do pay for those now. And then we continue to pay for those. But by far and large, most of our customers are coming from some of that educational content. Who's writing your content? Is that you and your business partner? Or is that someone you hired? Well, that's also evolved. 2012 to 2015, 16, Ryan and I pretty much wrote most of it. Around 2015, we hired some writers to help us. And well, you could see a huge improvement in the quality of writing when we hired people. The hard part is oftentimes you'll find a writer and they don't know much about landlording and Ryan and I just knew so much about it. So then the challenge is how do you impart a lot of that learning to the writer so that they can write really high quality, effective content? Because the last thing you want to do is put out 2000 words of dribble. It has to add value. It has to solve a problem for someone. How does your company make money? That's actually interesting. So our software is free. You can have unlimited number of units and use our software for all the features. So the tenant screening, the listing syndication, the leasing payments, all that's free. We do have a premium tier. So if you need a little bit extra, then it's $5 per unit per month and extra meaning something like you want to set up automatically fees. So if a tenant is more than five days late, automatically charge 50 bucks on the free tier, you'd have to log in and manually do it. So there's a whole bunch of things like that, that push, push someone into the premium tier or the plus plan as their business evolves and they need more automation. So the only way you make money is in that premium tier subscription-based model? We have a bunch of ways. That's our largest way. Okay. Uh, we also make some money on some of the transactional stuff. So when we pull a credit report, tenants will sure. oftentimes pay $55 for the credit report. Now, the benefit to them is it's a soft inquiry, so it doesn't hurt their credit report. Mm -hmm. And they can also share it with other landlords so that a tenant isn't having to pay $55 for this landlord and $55 for another. They can pay it once and share it with any landlord, even those not on our system. Was uh, the premium model the plan from the get-go? And then also, I would be curious, how do you know what to include in the free plan and what to include in the premium plan? That's evolved a little bit too. So initially, our pricing's changed a little bit, but we tend to think of breaking the, the tiers down by landlords who have essentially one unit and those who have two or more and tailoring the plans to them. So although the plans are both for unlimited units, 
we tend to see that landlords with one unit are on the free plan and landlords with two or more are on the premium plan. And the reason for that is just how you think about your rentals. For a landlord with one unit, oftentimes they're an accidental landlord or it's just something they have. Maybe they're dabbling. They're not sure if they want to be real estate investors or not. But folks with two or more units tend to be more deliberate. They didn't just happen to become a two-unit landlord or more. So they may view themselves as a business a little bit more and realize that tools and software are part of business, part of how you reduce expenses and maybe push up income. So for that reason, those folks tend to want a little bit more out of the software, a few more features, and are also willing to pay. So we bifurcate it that way. All right, Lawrence, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? So many things to choose from here. I guess I would start with, because we tend to focus on novice landlords or new landlords. Best real estate investing advice is when you buy the property. So one, obviously, if one of your life goals is financial independence, then getting rental property is great to do that. But you make all your money essentially on buying the right properties. And if you're looking into getting into it, you should really buy properties that are going to be cash flow positive for you. There's a tendency if you're a first time rental property purchaser to purchase in a mannerism where it's akin to if you were buying a single family home or something that you're going to live in. And oftentimes those are emotion driven. And here you really want to focus on the numbers. So buy a rental property where, you know, the gross rent covers all of the operating expenses and the debt payments and has enough of a return where that's your best usage of the cash, I would say. And if that property isn't that, then put the cash somewhere else or in another property. Okay, Lawrence, are you ready for the best ever lighting round? Yeah, let's do it. Perfect. First, a quick word from our sponsor. PropStream is an all-in-one platform that gives you the tools you need to reach more leads, book more meetings, and close more deals with less work. With PropStream, you can find vacant and off-market properties, locate potential investors, or gain invaluable market insight in seconds. PropStream also features state-of-the-art marketing tools that allow you to send out direct mail postcards and ringless voicemail, which will help you close more deals with less stress. Visit your7dayfreetrial.com to start your free trial and experience all the amazing features PropStream has to offer. That's your, the number seven, dayfreetrial.com. Are you looking to get started in multifamily investing or looking to grow your portfolio? Nathan Tabor has created an online course that is slammed with incredibly useful and practical information. Check it out at apartments.nathantabor.com. All right. What is the best ever book you've recently read? Well, I mentioned Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but that's from a long time ago. So recently, best one for us is Measure What Matters. And that's essentially about a goal setting framework that was developed maybe 30, 40, 50 years ago at Intel. And it's essentially a structure that you can use to set up goals and how you measure the success towards that goals. And just for me at Avail, that was a pivotal moment for us adopting that framework and setting goals. And even if it's not Avail, if it's with your rental properties, you should set goals for the rental properties and how you want to measure them. So the key takeaway from that book is the measurement of those goals Mm -hmm. and making sure you have something that has a strict KPI in that measurement. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? Great question. Well, I'd probably start another one. Once you get bitten by the startup mosquito, you tend to want to get bitten more. So if Avail failed today, man, you'd have to take a hard look at why it failed because I think we're doing all the right things. But I would start the next one. I don't know if it would be real estate, but I've got some ideas around investing in stocks that are similar to what we do for real estate, but for a stock investor, I think you'd have to keep going and keep building. Once you're a builder, always a builder. What's the best ever way you like to give back? 
I've got two kids, a six-year-old and a four-year-old, both little girls. And for me, I try to teach them some things. One of the things that we try to do now that's really small is we take their little red wagon and we go around our neighborhood and we use one of those little claws to pick up trash. And we walk around the neighborhood and we pick up trash and we try to fill up a trash bag every so often just to clean up the area. Mm -hmm. As far as real estate, I try to participate in the online communities. I feel like there's a lot of learn just from the six units, but then also from seeing how our 200,000 landlords manage their properties. There's a lot that we've learned and I try to take the knowledge we've gotten there and I try to push comments out. We have our own community on our website, but I try to get it to some of those Facebook communities where you see a lot of landlords trying to interact and figure out what to do. And then what's the best ever place to reach you? You can learn anything and everything you want about what we do at our main website, avail.co, A-V-A-I-L.co. But I also like people reaching out to me directly. I'm always happy to have a conversation so if anyone wants to do that, they can reach me at my email, lawrence at avail.co. So L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E at A-V-A-I-L dot co. I encourage anybody to do it. I've done a couple of podcasts now and not one person has reached out to me and that's disappointing. Well, best of your listeners, make sure to reach out to them. <laughs> I might have to email him just to make sure someone reached out. But I, I think one of our best of your listeners will reach out, especially after listening to this episode. Very powerful. I really enjoyed the conversation. I like stopped taking notes in the middle of it, which is asking question is so fascinating to me how you've been able to build this business and learn how to code and kind of go from really having no idea how to write software how to run your own company to having 600,000 customers that's great to hear so definitely worth re-listening just to hear his process from quitting with an idea on a napkin to learning to code to his business partner working with banks to figure out how to let them pull money from any bank and working with TransUnion to pull credit reports to finally 2014 starting to get customers. We talked about how you were able to get customers through content, so through thought leadership, which is always great to hear because we talk about that on this show a lot. And then you mentioned eventually you ended up evolving to paying for stuff, but that's kind of like a, a theme where you start off doing everything yourself and then eventually it, it evolves into being able to outsource some things. And then your best ever advice was if you're going to buy real estate, realize that you make money on the front end and that needs to be cash flow positive. So Lawrence, again, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I learned a ton and I'm sure the best ever listeners will as well. And if they have more questions, take advantage of him giving you his email address. It's not every day that our guests do that. So best ever listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thank you so much.